Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You know you're 100% dependent on God this morning? Oh, not me. Yes, you. Now, work comes into it, but you're dependent. No, I've got it all stored up. So did the rich man with the barns. God said to him one day, Okay, foolish man, today everything will be gone. You know, all the stuff that you have stored up, somebody else is going to spend. It will also end up at the front of your yard as trash. Somebody else's treasure. Each and every one of us has fallen into believing that there are certain areas of our life that we have total control over, from stored up treasures to drawing the very breath in our lungs. We often ignore the reality that one day our life will come to an end. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark illustrates to us just how dependent upon God we truly are. Whether we like to admit it or not, God chooses when we draw our last breath and when our belongings become another man's treasure. Today we learn the importance of both relying on God and being thankful for what we have. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, How to Pray. Well, so it's hard for us today because when we go to grocery store today, half the grocery store is filled with frozen stuff. And so we, we're, we're kind of like, give us today our daily bread. I, my pantry's full. I got enough food for months. God, I, I'm not really dependent on you for food. God had a great sense of humor last year. It was about this time. You remember your freezers? You remember the haagen chocolate nut ice cream? When you came home, the only thing you found on the floor was some chocolates and some nuts. It had all melted. Yeah, God has a funny sense of humor, doesn't he? You see, we don't need God because we have freezers or freeze-dried food. But that's not what God was trying to say. He's not interested in us calling on him once a month. Nothing wrong with storage. Nothing wrong with freezers. Nothing wrong with storing that and planning it. But it's the concept of saying to God, I want to talk to you today. And God says, I want to talk to you today. I want to provide for you today. Write this down. Since God is our Heavenly Father, he's interested in the smallest details of our lives. I talked to my daughter this weekend and her and my son-in-law are planning to remodel their home some and, and put a sprinkler system in and back porch on and just different stuff like that. And she was saying, you know, where should we get ideas and whatever? And I said, well, you go to your, the church. They go to a Calvary Chapel there in Denver and, and, uh, and see if there's a realtor there. Ask him to come out, tell you what's the best value for redoing your home if you're going to sell it and all those kind of things. And find a sprinkler, see if somebody's honest to do that for your home. And you say, well, 
And then I said, you have to pray about it. Are you kidding me, Pastor Mark? God's interested in us getting the right sprinkler guy to do our yard? Sure he is. You mean he's interested in a landscaper that can do it reasonably and fairly for a good price? Well, absolutely. Whose money are you paying to that person? God's. So don't, don't limit God. He wants us to ask about everything. Well, I don't need to ask about everything. I can see what the neighborhood does. I can know what this does. And I can take this, divide it by two, take the square root, put it in, and I got my own answer. No! Ask God in the smallest details of life. He says, ask today. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. Give me insight. I know that God's interested in the smallest details of life. Jesus proved it the first miracle. Turn water into wine. Small thing. Unless you're the bride and groom. Big thing. Water into wine. Had to be God. Keep your finger right there. Turn to the book of Exodus. Second book in the Bible. Exodus chapter 16. God wants to provide for us. He's interested. Get this idea. In pharmacy, we had Latin terms. QD. Every day. QD. Just get it on your mind. QD. He wants to relate to us every day. And so not only am I acknowledging who he is every day, but I'm asking for things every day. Of course in his will. Of course in expanding his kingdom. In Exodus chapter 16, let me bring you up to speed. The children of Israel were in Egypt. They were in bondage 400 years. They grew to be about a million people, maybe more. God picked Moses from the back of the desert, brought him in. You know the story. They were freed. They left Egypt with all kind of gold and lots of food supplies. They went through the Red Sea, parted by them. God just supernaturally opened it. They went through. They're in about the second month. They're roaming the deserts on their way to the promised land. We pick it up in in verse 1. Let's read. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, what would they be grumbling about when they see all these miracles that have happened? We'll hear what happened. See, they were now running out of food after two months. All that they had taken with them, they were getting down to the bottom of the barrel. Some of, you day, some of you remember those days when you'd have hot dogs and beans or whatever. And then the hot dogs are gone, you just had the beans. Some of you can remember those days. Well, this is what was happening. So the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, then we sat there, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you, Moses, you, Aaron, and you, God, have brought us out in this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Isn't that amazing? Here they are, and they're saying, God, you're going to kill us. We'd we'd rather be back in prison with three squares a day than out here. Well, instead of asking God for help, they complain. I'm sure I've never done that. And I know you haven't. You see, they should have said, God, we know you supernaturally freed us. We know you brought us through the Red Sea. That's incredible. God, I... We're getting a little hungry. But no, they complain. We'd rather go back. Amazing to me, God had already supernaturally did all this. Is God going to bring them on the way to the promised land and say to them, okay, starve to death? 
Well, no, he's not. He hasn't abandoned you this morning. That's the lies of Satan. Now, they have to understand that they can gripe, they can complain, but they're totally dependent on God. Without God's provision, they will die. Do you know this morning, without God's provision, you'll die? Oh, not me. I've got it all stored up. Watch this. Your next breath is controlled by God. He's, no, it isn't. It's controlled by me. Oh, you're wrong, my friend. Because one day you'll breathe your last, and it's not your choice. He's the giver of life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. You see, there was no 7-Elevens. There was no Publix. There's no Walmart. They couldn't do anything in sand. They were 100% dependent on God. Do you know you're 100% dependent on God this morning? Oh, not me. Yes, you. Now, work comes into it, but you're dependent. No, I've got it all stored up. So did the rich man with the barns. God said to him one day, okay, foolish man, today everything will be gone. You know, all the stuff that you have stored up, somebody else is going to spend. It will also end up at the front of your yard as trash, somebody else's treasure. And then you'll stand before God. So as we look at this, look at verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, by the way, if you were God and you just done all these wonderful things for this million plus people, and the next thing you hear out of their mouth is, what's wrong with you, God? They don't like you, God. Now, if you were God, how would you respond to them? Oh, I love you, my children. They're such wonderful people. No, most of us go, zap! Well, look what God, look how he responds. This shows us the character of our God this morning. And the Lord said to Moses, I, circle it, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Supernatural. You can't provide? I will. The people are to go out each day. The people are to go out how often? Each day. And gather enough food for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they'll follow my instructions. Now, on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they are to gather in the other days. Here's the nature of God. God was going to bless them. He was going to take care of them daily, six days a week. On the sixth day, they're to do double. That would last for the Sabbath. How many years would God supernaturally provide that manna? Forty years. Until they got in the promised land. Then the day they got, he cut it off. He said, now you can do your own. Forty years. Now, why did he say daily? The reason he said daily was because he was going to teach them to be dependent. Now, in these next verses, down in verse 13, look at, then the quail, that evening quail came. He was going to give them some meat and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around. And when the dew was gone, the thin frost on the ground appeared to the desert floor. And the Israelites saw it and they said to him, what is this? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. And then they went through and told him, Moses said, here's what you had to do. You're to gather some, you eat some, you gather some. You gather much, you gather little. Doesn't matter. Whatever you need will be provided. Don't keep it for the next day. Don't keep any. Look at verse 19. Moses says, don't keep it until the morning. Now you go out in the morning, you gather the food. Well, maybe I'm a little lazy. I don't want to go out tomorrow morning and gather. So I'm just going to kind of store it up for the day. No, God doesn't want you to store it. See, God, you say, well, I came to church, Pastor Mark. I'll see you next Sunday. Well, you'll see me next Sunday, but you should see God tomorrow. Because he wants to talk to you. Give us this week our daily bread. That doesn't make sense, does it? 
No, he wants to talk to you tomorrow. He wants a relationship because you're totally dependent on him even though we don't realize it. So he's teaching them to walk by faith. So Moses says, don't keep it overnight. Whatever's there, forget it. Don't eat it. Go out tomorrow morning to be fresh for you. Well, look at verse 20. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but when they went to eat it, it was full of maggots and began to smell. You see, God was testing them. Can you trust me? Can you trust me? They were to be walking by faith. You see, when you went to bed that night, you're probably thinking, well, I wonder if it'll be there tomorrow. Well, what had God said? He said, I'll provide for you six days a week, get it, the sixth day, double it. There won't be any there the seventh, the Sabbath. There won't be there, but you got enough. And by the way, it won't rot that night. That's all supernatural. But he was teaching them to walk by faith, not by sight. When they get up the next morning, they didn't. I wonder if I see it. No, it's not one. It will be there. He was teaching them to be dependent on him. Have you and I learned to be dependent on him? You see, God's grace and mercy is there for me today. It's there for me tomorrow. Now, as you look at that, how wonderful was that? You see, this manna, they said tasted like coriander seed, and it was kind of sweet like honey, and it could be baked or broiled. But some of us would think, man, it would really boring for 40 years to eat manna. And many of you think serving God is like boring. No, it's the most exciting thing in all the world. If you walk by faith. Some of you have been holding back. God's called you to get into a small group. Start this. Go there. Do this. But you're holding back. You're waiting. You see, you've got it all figured out. Some of you are close to retirement. And if you could just work two more years or four more years, you know, you have enough to do it now. But if I can just do that, then I can get it all set and I'll make up divide by six, whatever. And God's called you a long time to go to give it up and trust him. But I can't do it because it's another $122 a month and I've got to help that. That's imprisoning you this morning. Walk by faith. I don't want to get into a small group. I don't know anybody. Step out. That's where you meet people. That's where you impact people. Individual drove by the church, uh, my home yesterday. I was out with a dog and he stopped, backed up his car and he says, I think I recognize you from a tape. I went, huh? <laughs> and somebody, a realtor, whatever, bank person, had given, had sold him a home, gave him a DVD, lives in our neighborhood. Praise God. He said, I'm trying your church out. He came this morning with the kids. That's right. See, step out of your comfort zone. Now, notice what happens. You say, well, God's boring. No, he's not boring. Let me give you a picture of Jewish legend. Here's what Jewish legend says about this manna that they picked up every day. One only had to desire a certain dish, and no sooner had he thought of it than the manna had the flavor of that dish desired. Woo! I want lobster! Wow! Well, you know, Jewish couldn't eat lobster, so somebody had to be somebody else because that was unclean. I wouldn't wish liver, would you? <laughs> See how good God is? It said the same food had a different taste to everyone who partook of it. According to his age, to little children, it tasted like milk, to the youths like bread, to the old men like honey, to the sick barley steeped in oil and honey. What did we learn from this? This daily miracle that lasted 40 years. God's a source of everything. He wants to and is able to provide for us. He even gives to us when we don't deserve it. God rather be back in Egypt. He gave. He gave. And lastly, God wants to 
relate to him on a daily basis. Go back to Matthew 6 where you were, verse 11. Give us today our daily prayer. I want you to write this down. This is the last major thing you need to write down, but it's very important. Our needs vary from day to day. Thus, we need God every day. You see, when you got up this morning, you needed God in a certain area. I don't know what it was. Tomorrow will be different. Some of you need help in your marriage this morning. By the end of the week, you'll help, need help in finances. Or you'll need direction. Or you'll need encouragement. Some of you need the, your need this morning for God. Your bread from God is, is healing. Some of you don't even know that by Wednesday you'll need healing. Because the lab report will come. You see, I don't only go to God when I perceive a need. I need him every day. As I studied for this teaching, I had basically everything ready for all the finishing of the Lord's Prayer. But as I studied early Saturday morning and God had been dealing with my heart, I knew I couldn't do but more than one verse. And then Bob called with that newspaper article on Friday and it would just confirm that this is what I was to talk to you about. You see, remember God's talked to us about expanding our tents at this church. He's going to expand us, not here, but worldwide. That our influence for him, not for us, would be incredible. His kingdom would be expanded. Are you aware, are you conscious of your day-to-day dependence on God? Are we in practice actually praying for daily needs this week? Is there one day that you said, God, I need this. I can't do it myself. Was there one day you asked? Pastor Mark, I don't like to ask God. No, God wants you to ask. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. You can't do life without him. We're not self-sufficient. And basically our biggest need, the reason he wants to give us today our daily bread, ask is because prayer is the biggest need we have. He wants to talk to you every single day, all during the day. You see, this prayer, this Lord's Prayer, this Disciple's Prayer is a warning against self-sufficiency that can creep into my life and your life right here in Brevard County. You say, well, uh, to be ever asked, Pastor Mark, thanks for the teaching, but I'm pretty self-sufficient in myself and I'm kind of a self-made man. Look at the last verse. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says it like this. What makes you better than anyone else? What do you have that God hasn't given you? If all you have is from God, why do you boast, though you've accomplished something? You know, well, Pastor Mark, you don't know. I've got all this, and I've got the plans, and I've got the company. I'm the president of this, and I own this organization, and my 401k, and my stocks, and, and uh, the land that I own here, and the education that I have. That I don't really need God. I've worked very hard. Well, that's true. You need to work. You need to work. Let me just back up for a second. When the people went out to get the manna, did God bring the manna to their table? No, they had to go out what? Every morning and pick it up. So God does use work. By the way, the Bible says if you don't, work you don't eat so it is a dual thing but don't get over to this part that i'm doing the work and i don't need not god no you can do all the work you want but every lead will be dead if god so chooses and you can't turn the company around without god you need god so don't brag this morning we're all equal we're all dependent on god and i love being dependent on god because he's the giver of all good things anything i need in my life you know i I didn't get the usa today Today, newspaper, an agent of Satan tried to keep it from giving it to me. (laughs) Don't take that and go with it now. Just relax. It's okay. It's okay. I'm kidding. But God knew what I... You said, Pastor Mark, that's that's stupid. God isn't interested in those little things. Who are you kidding? 
He's interested in the smallest detail. In fact, he says, a hair comes off. Some of you, that's not too much. (laughs) Not too much at all. Maybe nothing. Let me read you another article, and I close with this. It's an article talking about that the more affluent the nations are, the less religious they are. So see, Western Europe is affluent like we are, and there's very little need for God. Eastern Europe, where there's turmoil, hardly any food, Poland, those kind of places, God is needed. Why? Because the people are needed. Listen to this statement from Ronald Engelhart. The lack of church attendance doesn't mean a lack of interest in life's deeper issues. People in affluent nations still ask religious questions, but they look for answers outside the church. This appears to be an extension of the spirit of self-sufficiency. It goes like this. If I can make a good living by myself, then obviously I can find answers to life's biggest questions on my own. In other words, if I can be affluent, I don't need God. I mean, I'll just determine who God is. Listen to the young man in Ireland. He says, I'm very spiritual. I speak to an energy force I call God, and I get answers. If you can get spiritual connection without going to church, why would you go to church? That's the mentality. Listen to this statement closely. With fat wallets and anorexic souls, we plod on sad and lonely, only mildly curious about the churches we bypass Sunday after Sunday. Is that you this morning? Fat wallet? Got all you need? Don't really need God every day. And with the fat wallet, your, your soul, your spirit, well, it's anorexic. It's starving for the things of God. And that means you just go through life. Notice it says, plod on, sad and lonely. Just a little mildly curious about the things of God. Now, don't do that. Let me make a statement to you. The more we are dependent on God, the more he will use us supernaturally. You see, if you say this morning, well, I really don't need God, then God cannot use you like he wants to. But the more I say to God, God, I really need you, then God can do supernaturally through you because you're totally dependent on him. It's a verse from Proverbs. You know it well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't lean to your own wisdom. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, I need you. And he will make your paths straight. This morning, let's repent of our self-sufficiency. Let's acknowledge that we need God in every area of our life. You see, true Christian prayer is always God-centered. What do you need from God today? Ask Him. God knows what you need before you ask. God loves to give good gifts to His kids. God says, ask and ask big. Don't limit God. For many of us, admitting that someone else might have played a key role to our prosperity can be quite the challenge. Even more so is admitting that God is the benefactor to every aspect of our lives. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of recognizing that each and every one of us is dependent upon God, who sustains all life. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will wrap up our series on prayer with our third and final message entitled, How to Pray, Part 3. In our study, Pastor Mark will focus on the importance of asking God for forgiveness when we miss the mark. So be sure to join us next time as we learn about the grace of God that forgives and forgets each and every one of our shortcomings. Well, that's all the time we have for today's message. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Yeah.